ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the Epic Roster Watch Podcast, brought to you by RosterWatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap here with the Trash Man on this early week edition of the pod as we're getting into more and more minicamp stuff. We're going to talk with Trashman about that. But first, a quick reminder, uh, a great way to support the podcast is by giving us a five-star rating and review in Apple Podcasts. We are seeing you guys start to review more and more. Once we get up to 400 reviews, we're going to be giving away free pro memberships to rosterwatch.com to uh, the various reviewers that have left reviews on Apple Podcasts. So if you want to be in the running for that, a Roster Watch Pro membership is like a, I don't, don't okay, trash me, is it a $40 value or a $50 value? Not that you've ever bought one. Uh, or that you even use our tools. <laughs> it's probably somewhere in between. I think it's $39.99. Regardless, it gets you the whole year, it gets you the draft cheat sheets, it gets you all the in-season stuff, the pro podcasts, Trashman's in-season podcast, Byron's uh, trade casts, the DFS, um, all the DFS stuff, the optimizer, you know, everything that are the actual tools for it, and also the pro podcasts where I walk through each and every slate, not just for the regular season, but for the preseason. It's an outstanding value for one. So if you're interested, go get a pro membership at Roster Watch. But if not, uh, at least you'll give us a rating and review and leave your Twitter handle in the rating and review. Once we get it to 400 of these and we're ticking closer and closer, we're going to pick a few of those to uh, reach out to and give these pro memberships. So in Apple Podcasts, please leave us a five-star rating and review. All right, Trash Man, what the hell's going on, brother? Uh, Not too much. It's a rainy day here in Austin. It is. So I've been inside. A bit. Well, kind of, yeah. It's been <laughs> sporadically. There have been sporadic showers. I don't technically I, live inside Austin city limits anymore, as, as you very well know, having to drive out to this damn studio to do the to do the serious show. But it hasn't. Right. I, I haven't got a drop of rain out out, out 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 here on the lake. We got it super hard though, man. Um, the other night it was like some Sunday kind of, night. Yeah, dude, it was crazy. Yeah, it was. It was a little apocalyptic looking. Yeah, my daughter, my my daughter learned not to open up the door whenever it was whenever it's the trees are blowing around in the wind. This poor girl got <laughs> got her ass knocked halfway across the living room because the door. She's getting big though. She's yeah. getting. Emily yeah. well posted something online the other day, and I couldn't I couldn't believe how much she's grown since the last time I've seen her. Yeah, she's she's got that white belt with two yellow with two yellow stripes through it, man. So she's gonna start being able to kick my ass pretty soon. Yeah. Um, all right, let's see. Let's get into some of this. Uh, some of this NFL talk. Um, how about this, man? Uh, I saw the report that your guy Darius Slayton with the New York Giants is lining up in th- three wide receiver sets with this, with the starting group: Sterling Shepard, Golden Tate, Darius Slayton, all catching bombs from Daniel Jones. What do you think of this? Think- <laughs> Either Daniel Jones or Eli. Come with, but do you think? It might have something to do with Evan Ingram being sidelined with a hamstring. You don't think that they'll have any three wide receiver sets with Evan Ingram still in there? They probably gonna oh. have him flexed out. You know, they could have like two slot, two kind I of mean, slot receivers. I mean, like I told you, you know, early in this, I thought he'd be, you know, he's a he'd be he'd be a good weapon. I I like I didn't know if he's going to be an every down type player, but he's the kind of guy you can put in there, um, and he can make some big plays for you. Darius Slayton. So let's see. Your comp was D.D. Westbrook. My comp was D.J. Shark. So that's that's funny. With two, 
Jackson to kind of underperforming Jacksonville Jaguars wide receivers are two comps. Darius Slayton, uh, 6'1", 190 pounds, 32 and three quarter inch arm with the 10 inch hands, so big 10 inch hands, and the four three nine forty times. So a 97, uh, or I'm sorry, a 98th percentile spark athlete at the wide receiver position. Not great production at the college level. Actually, one of the more one of the more poor production profiles that we've seen. Uh, his offense, his offense was not good. Well, and he, 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 Darius Slayton, he talked about that at the combine. I just wanted to go through it: a fifteen percent market share versus team receptions. Uh, tw- but here, here's the thing: when we look at market share, it kind of corrects for the fact that you know that that the offense wasn't good, right? Like if we just look at the counting stats, that can be deceptive. But the fact is, he only had fifteen percent of the team's receptions, twenty three percent of the team's receiving yards, and twenty four percent of the team's uh, receiving touchdowns. That's just, like I said, he's a, he's a big play guy. Y- yeah. Yeah. And what you'd said about him here, I'm just, I'm looking, I think you did a, a pro. Yeah. You, 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 you did a profile on him. I wrote, I wrote up one on him. Yeah. You just basically talk about how bad the quarterback situation is, which is definitely true, but he's the team's best deep threat. The combine performance certainly helped him out. Um, you like the way he could track the ball through the air, the way he can high point it. I mean, to me, when 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 I think about a fast dude like this who can get down the field, who can track the football well, who can high point it, it makes me it makes me think of a sort of like a shorter Martavis Bryant. Um, even though my initial comp was like a DJ DJ Shark, what do you think of that? Um, I don't. I mean, I don't hate it. I mean, I think I think Slayton is a little could be a little bit more versatile. Um. But I don't. I mean, I don't hate that comparison. I mean, and you know, it could be Daniel Jones throwing to him in Week One, according to <laughs> Pat Shermer. They had. Um, they they also had Ryan Davis, who was a receiver there. So basically, all right. So at the combine, I I, I transcribed his interview. So when somebody asked him about the route running at Auburn, he said, "We run a lot more routes than people think. Obviously, there's so much. I just don't have a lot of experience running." So that's, he said, and then on route concepts, yeah, he said, his is limited. He says the plays are longer, but as far as the concepts, they're simpler. Our terminology at Auburn was simpler, but the actual route combinations are generally the same. Um, he somebody asked him if he thinks he's an underrated route runner. He said, I definitely think I'm underrated as a route runner. That's why I'm here. I have an opportunity to show I have the ability to run the various routes. He said on his reputation as just being a deep threat. He says that that bothers him a little bit. As a player, you want to have a complete game. You want to be seen as somebody who's good in all aspects of the position. And, uh, you know, he said he's going to have an opportunity to show that off on Saturday, et cetera, et cetera. So he's a guy who realizes that people think he's, he's, he's a shitty route runner. But, do, I mean, if he's, if he's out there running with the first group in, uh, in these OTAs, I think that that kind of, you know, that's something that we have to pay attention to. My question is, between Sterling Shepard and Golden Tate, who plays in the slot? I can't find it out. Well, I mean, that's what I'm saying. I think Slayton. I'm, I think Slayton could play out of the slot. No, but then that, I mean, then you have a, a, another redundant asset. You have you have Evan Ingram, who you generally run out of the slot. You have Golden Tate, who you want to run out of the slot. You have Sterling Shepard, who probably shouldn't play anything except for the slot. We've seen that when, yeah. when he when he has to bump outside, he's, he's just he's nowhere near as effective. So Darius Slayton is going to be playing on the outside. I think that probably his best. Uh, his, his best chance of getting any work early on is the fact that he, it, like, let me just pull up 
It just like let me look at the let me look I mean, at the depth I mean, chart. Have a like, whole lot of competition. Yeah, well, I just I just want to make sure I'm not forgetting any. But, you know, this time of year, there's you know 90 players on the team. I want to make sure I'm not kind of leaving anybody out. But dude, I mean, it's Corey Coleman and Benny Fowler, Cody Ladder is still kicking around. Um, but other than that, it's just like yeah, Russell Shepard and stuff like that. Alex Wesley, I guess they took. He sucks. Did you do work on Alex Wesley? He's out, out of Northern Colorado. He's he's he, he's he's no good. So I watched. Darius Slayton was the dude who they drafted that should probably um, kind of have the the best you know the best pedigree out of these new players. And look, Corey Coleman, we we know that he has first round pedigree from a long time ago, but he's just bounced around so much. Cody Latimer, I've talked to a member of the. Um, New York Giants coaching staff, I believe, on the way to the, on the yeah, on the way to the combine, or maybe on the way home from the comp, just to the combine or the draft, uh, one of them. But they said that they really like Cody Latimer best for special teams. Um, I don't know. Do you think I mean, Darius Slayton? Like, do you think Darius Slayton's worth picking up in like the third round of, of dynasty drafts? I don't think we can pick him up in redraft. Third round seems a bit early. I don't. Yeah, I, I don't know that he. Could. I don't know that he's going to outplay uh, Corey Coleman. Um, Coleman, I, you know, Brian and I love Corey Coleman coming out of Baylor. He's had some injuries to his hands that have, you know, kind of kept him from being the player that we'd hoped he'd become. But I still, I still think he's got potential. I think he's just as explosive as Slayton. And I think he's probably a little bit more complete of a player at this point in his career. So I think he's going to be the guy that Slayton's going to have to outplay. And I don't know that well, he's going to. Why is he not lining up with the ones right now then? Is he hurt? You know? Uh, no, he, he, is, he has been lining up with the ones. No, Corey Coleman. Yeah, he has. Okay, well, the report I mean, that in, I'm referencing in, is, in, is in, that Darius Slayton has been. In OTAs, he was working as the number three. Okay, so then this this Darius Slayton stuff, you just think it's fake news? I don't know that it's fake news. I think they're maybe giving him giving him some opportunities. You think it's all I mean, I facts? I don't think I don't pseudo, think Corey Coleman pseudo events. <laughs> I don't think Corey Coleman has an iron grip on the on that role, but I think he's probably still ahead of Slayton at this point. The the report comes from Matt Lombardo on Twitter. He said Darius Slayton worked with the first team offense on the first day of minicamp. It was it was Darius it was Darius Slayton. And it's like um he's saying it's possible it could be Corey Coleman or or Cody Latimer will get the same treatment tomorrow, but on the first day of on the first day on the first day of the minicamp, it was Darius Slayton out there. So we yeah, I, mean, I, like, I guess two, we'll keep an two, eye two, on it. Two weeks ago, two weeks ago. Um, there's, I mean, during OTAs, the news is that Corey Coleman is working as the number three. I mean, maybe so, they like Slayton better. Maybe. I think he's worth a third round pick in dynasty. If he's, if, if, if he's working with the ones on the first day of minicamp, unless it's there, there's a Corey Coleman injury. I think he's worth a third round pick in dynasty. But you know, how much do you buy into Daniel Jones? Now you have Pat Shermer saying that Daniel Jones could start week one, even though he said that, you know, Eli is going to be the starter. He said that he's not going to discount the idea that Daniel Jones could start. Do you think that's a real competition? I think maybe he's trying to push Eli as much as you can. Maybe push Eli. I um, hate Eli. Yeah, we all do. 
I don't – I mean, like, you know more about Daniel Jones than I did. I, I looked mainly at receivers and running backs running into the draft. Well, so did I. But, I mean, I, I just got to – we got to see Daniel Jones at the Senior Bowl. And okay. At, the, at, at, this year's, at this year's Senior Bowl, he, he was our favorite that was there at the Senior Bowl, but it wasn't – you know, this wasn't a Jimmy Garoppolo year or a Derek Carr year, certainly not a Russell Wilson, Kirk Cousins type of – even a Nick Foles type of year. It just it, it you know felt more like a kind of an EJ Manuel type of type of year, but um, it wasn't like a Stephen Morris Logan Thomas you know kind of year you know the, but I look man Daniel Jones during that week of practices was better than Will Greer, he was better than um, oh, the Missouri kid Drew Locke, and I think that. You know, we we took a little bit of heat naming him our All Senior Bowl quarterback over those guys because at the time, you know, all of draft Twitter thought that Daniel Jones just sucked so bad, and and that these other guys were the were the ones that, especially Will Greer was the one that analytics Twitter really loved the most. But a bunch of NFL types love Drew Locke just because he sort of has that, you know, that. Um, just that that way that way about yeah that prototypical way about him the John the the John Elways of the world just just love you know what I mean he's got that kind of Jay Cutler to him where you know you say like if I can get my arms around this kid and we could teach him you know maybe he could be something but Daniel Jones as far as a guy that was just um, in a practice setting just the most accurate that looked like he was throwing the most catchable football and, and not very consistent still but certainly the one that we thought was best and we took a lot of shit for. And then of course, Daniel Jones goes number six overall and these guys don't end up going until, you know, round rounds later. So, I mean, the fact of the matter is New York's, it's going to be a Saquon Barkley offense. Like that's where the offense is going to run through. I mean, and so if you, if you compare it to maybe like an offense, like the Cowboys, that's also run through their dynamic running back. I mean, like, Really, was there much left for receivers outside of, you know, one primary receiver to depend on, you know, in fantasy? And there really isn't. So I'm just not sold on really anyone outside of, you know, you've got Golden Tate and Sterling Shepard, and both of those guys are going to take volume. I just, it's hard for me to imagine another really, you know, consistently fantasy viable receiver in that offense. If you look at, uh, let's, let's move on here to the news about Robert Foster. I'm not sure how interested you are in him with the, to speaking about another. Am I interested in any bills receiver? Well, I, maybe you should be. If you look at Robert, Fo- I'm, I'm interested. We're, we're getting a good amount of Robert Foster in like the 13th round of these, uh, simulations on, um, using version 1.5 of the, of the cheat sheet at this point, because as far as the value in that spot, it, it's, it's, it's excellent. It's excellent value. I mean, look at him from week 10 on last season, once he started really becoming the focal point there and becoming um, Josh Allen's favorite target. If, if we can, ex- if we can expect improvement out of Josh Allen, which I have every reason to believe we're, we're, we're going to see, I mean, Robert Foster had you from week 10 on last year. Robert Foster, he, he had, he he had was, some good games for sure, but I mean, if you look at his, like, his all reception, he did was have good games. But he, look, if you, if you look at his receptions, he only had one game with more than four receptions in that entire well, stretch. No, I mean, there, no he, he didn't. Yeah, he did. Oh, well, yeah, but yeah, but he had three games with four receptions. Okay. 
I mean, but so, that's still. Yeah, and then I mean, versus the versus the Jets, that's a you know he was gonna he was gonna get over. He was going to get over easy on on Trumaine Johnson in that matchup every time, just because of his speed. I mean, we we know that Robert Foster is. If he wasn't productive at Alabama, we know that he was an elite high school recruit and also tested so well. I I think he's a, he's a player sort of coming into his own. And if you look at the output, just if you look at the output, I know it wasn't on the it wasn't on the highest reception totals, but I mean four targets, three targets, four targets, eight targets, five targets, seven targets, five targets. That's week ten through seventeen. And in PPR leagues. I mean, he was scoring in all but one of these games between 9.2 fantasy points and 20.8 fantasy points. Only one stinker at Miami when he was facing Xavier Howard. Um, but he had, the, you know, he had the Jets twice. He put up a 13-pointer against them and a 17-pointer uh, against – I'm sorry, 13.5-pointer, a 17.4-pointer against them. Going against Jacksonville, so going against Ramsey and A.J. Bouye, he um, – he put up a seventeen point four pointer. It's hard to imagine that he's going to be a able to a twenty point eight pointer against Darius Slay. Thirty five yards per reception, forty seven yards, twenty seven yards for almost fifteen and twenty. It's just like to me that seems unlikely for him to be able to maintain that. I mean that's that's pretty that's pretty insane. Um, the, the, the reason why I'm bringing him up is because he's because he's not participating in mini camp. He has a foot injury. And it seems a little bit – so, all right, so this is from Mike Rodak. So McDermott said that he doesn't think it's long-term, but he says it's still early in the process. When I hear that about a foot, I get a little bit goosey. Do you? I don't want to hear a coach goosey. saying it's still oh, early in the a, process about a foot. I get a little bit more goosey about the fact that John Brown is on the team. And Well, that's a good I, point. Yeah. I mean, like, to me, they seem like a similar – type of player and john brown is better <laughs> by i mean yeah I, I, by my estimation so would you would you rather be taking john brown in the 13th round of, of these drafts if you're taking a, a wide receiver or would you rather just not mess with that and just take Kalen balage or jalen samuels or deontay foreman or something instead can you still get john brown in the 13th round oh yeah i'll yeah, go with I mean, john brown I don't know. I don't know what his exact ADP is, but it's got it. Let me just see. I'll look at the current uh, current ADP consensus, and I'll just see here. But John, I can't imagine John Brown going. Yeah, well, maybe not. Maybe not. No, I mean, it looks like his ADP is actually. I figured that his ADP would be. I'm just. I'm. I'm not interested in John Brown, but yeah, John Brown's going to pick 150. So we're talking what? Well, yeah, 13th round. Okay. 13th round because 12 times 12 is 144. So through the 12th round is pick 144. So you start at 140. He goes to like three points or 13.05 or something. So you can still get John Brown there. Would, would you prefer to have him instead of Robert Foster? I mean, just going off of what we or, know about or, John Brown. Or would you just prefer neither? Or would you rather take like somebody on a better offense, like Traquan Smith or something? That's I'd rather take somebody on a better offense. Traquan, well, what about Traquan Smith? There's the news today that Cameron Meredith, I mean, he might not even make the 53-man roster. People were acting, people were doing, people were dancing in the goddamn streets when he went to the Saints. What? I said people were saying he was going to get paid. 
Yeah, they're just they're just like all this all this stuff saying they they can't believe that the Bears didn't match the tender and stuff like it's just like this is crazy, man. They, like we're talking about Cameron Cameron Meredith here. He flashed for like four games, and everybody's still trying to hold on to it. He he might not he might have he might be playing for the XFL next <laughs> next spring. Possibly right, so. so. In, in that same area, would you rather have Deshaun Hamilton than either of those guys? I would, but that's just based off my own proclivity towards <laughs> towards him after his you know at, you know going into the draft our last boy, year our boy d coach coach d rob had always open that works with all these guys all all these guys now can you believe how famous coach coach d rob has gotten mother dude the dude now is like sponsored <laughs> by nike him and Clay Mack both, and all they do is like work out with well, Antonio work. Brown. And it's just like I well, I know we we used to have Coach D Rob on the serious show though, and he'd come on like he beg he beg he's just he he's always been a hustler, man. It, like, do you think you think it'd still come on? Oh yeah, he still come on. He still texts me about stuff, but but the uh, but he put out a video of Emmanuel Sanders running routes. And Emmanuel Sanders is only six or seven months off of his injury, and he's looking like he's moving well. I was under the impression that Emmanuel Sanders would have to start out the season on the physically unable to perform list. Are you still operating under that uh, under that guideline? That's kind of the way I'm just kind of putting my thoughts together about the Denver Broncos receiving core. Is that it's going to be Sutton? It's going to be Deshaun. I mean, what Emmanuel Sanders is like thirty two. Yes, it's not something you come back. I mean, he looks good running routes, but I just – what do you think? I mean, even if he does, I still think there's room for Hamilton to produce there. We'll do a simulation here a little bit later using 1.5 of the cheat sheet. And whenever we do, when we get to – because we've been getting a lot of Robert Foster. And if we get to him, I'll ask you at that point in time – if there is somebody you'd rather have over him that's still available, and if I'll make a note of that, if it turns out that person is continually available over him in simulations that I'll do going into 1.6, I might think about making a change and bumping him down a little bit with this news of the foot and your and your worries, um, your worries over John Brown. You, when we first came on the pod, you were worried about. Um, you were you you said you were a little bit worried about Andrew Luck. I mean, is that? What? What is it? What are you worried about? The 2019 Rosterwatch Cheat Sheet is available now at Rosterwatch.com. The revolutionary cheat sheet to change fantasy football forever is back only at Rosterwatch.com. Winning fantasy football players don't use outdated magazines or expensive draft software that's impossible to navigate. The Rosterwatch Cheat Sheet. All you have to do is follow the three simple rules. That's it. Three rules. Guys, it couldn't be easier. The Roster Watch Cheat Sheet, an expert quality draft, is guaranteed. It's magical. It's mystical. It's mythical. The Roster Watch Cheat Sheet, only at rosterwatch.com. Uh, it just seems like it's been lingering a little bit. But it isn't the shoulder, though. No, it's it's his it's his calf, which is fine. But um, yeah, yeah, it they're should be. But maybe they're just being they don't want to push careful. this guy back into like they've done so much stuff to like he's they they've had a they've pushed him back too early. They put they put a bad offensive line around him. It's been sin after sin after sin under Ryan Grigson, and then coming back off this shoulder injury, 
Like they learned, you know, you, you treat them with kid gloves, you take no chances, and then coming into the season, look what happens. Let's not let's not make the same mistake with our franchise quarterback again. We're trying to push him back too early. I I, I think he's going to be fine. I understand that. It's I mean, he just, he's been he's been he's been out for about a month with it. He's better operating inside the pocket anyway. I mean, it, maybe, yeah, maybe it's fine. Maybe they're just exercising caution. But you, you know, I'm I'm just going off of what we've seen in the past concerning Andrew Luck and his injuries and the extent to which they linger. There's a lot of Miles Sanders talk. It's just, that's just so stupid trash, man. That's just so <laughs> dumb. It's like you, you worry about how his injuries have lingered on other parts of his body. They're not even connected. I don't know. I mean, players who heal fast tend to heal fast all over. Oh, geez. That's not – that's such a – that's not – we ought to get Dr. David Chow on the pod, and, and, and you could be on here with him, and you could ask the question about that so he could laugh in your face instead of mine when that question gets asked. There's not anything about a person – that makes them just a quicker healer across every muscle of their body. I just can't think. It seems like there's something you could heal quickly about anatomically here, the way something connects here, or some sort of. So, you, so you're saying like someone of, like an, someone like an Adrian Peterson, you no, know, well, no, because he's the Wolverine. He's the Wolverine. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So there are exceptions. There are exceptions to the rule. Well, no, he was just he, he was just born a <laughs> born a mutant. We're not talking okay. about mutants. We're talking about people. Right. Come I on, see, trash man. These are real people that play the game. Why you? Why do you de- dehumanize them like this? Dehumanize. Um, you're de- you're dehumanizing Andrew Luck, and I won't stand for it. He, he's, no, he's I would a, never. He's, he's a human being just like you, trash man. I would. I mean, I'm almost. He like, wants the. He wants the same cheap. He he wants the same cheap dinner at St. Elmo's that you'd probably order. That I'm, hamburger I'm, I'm, steak. I'm, I'm more, I'm, I'd say I'm, I'm more so anthropomorphizing Andrew Luck. <laughs> anthropomorphizing that's not yeah. what that is that's whenever you give uh, see this is finally where i know a word where you don't know it anthropomorphizing is wherever you give human i know i'm kind of human you put you place human I'm attributes ragging, upon an animal i'm ragging on andrew luck's lack of personality who who has a better personality andrew luck or eli manning andrew luck Miles Sanders, hamstring. He's not going to participate in minicamp. Any worries from you? No. His ADP has risen 60 spots, trash man. Are you still taking him? In the, are, you, are, you, are, are you interested in, in Miles Sanders at pick 601 or pick 511? Sure, why not? I'm Dude, not. I mean, I mean like, I'm, you think Jordan Howard's going to potentially push him? Well, did you see the quote from Deuce Staley about the, about the dreaded committee? Yes. <laughs> so, what do you think? They've, I mean, but they've, they've always had some. I mean, for the past year or two, they've always had somewhat of a committee. No, what do you mean? It's been it's been ever since Doug Peterson's been there, and it hasn't been somewhat of a committee. It's been the worst goddamn committee in all of football. It's been like a fucking clown car, trash man. You put on these big ass I mean, shoes. What, you want you a would, big a big round nose and a and a flower on your chest that squirts out water on people, and you get out of the back of the truck, and, the, and it just these clowns keep coming out. It's like, oh look at look at Corey Clement with the big the big shoes. Oh look at Josh Adams with the with the big round nose. Darren fucking Sproles of all people. Wendell Smallwood, Jay Ajayi, Ryan fucking Matthews with his but, stupid juggling. You would, you, Juggling think, bowling with, pins. With, with them taking someone like a Miles Sanders, um, when they did like 
They want they're admitting to that they want a committee. They, no, they don't, trash man. Trash man, they want a committee. They want a committee. I just don't see you have a second round rookie who's in the mold of Saquon Barkley and you would still operate entirely as a committee. That doesn't really make much sense to me. And I mean, like Jay Jai was still, you know, a valuable running back and, and running as a, almost a clear cut number one there. I never was, for one second valued Jay Ajayi. Never. And it rarely, rarely, rarely ever bit me in the ass unless he was playing against the Pittsburgh Steelers. He had good games. Deuce Staley says, to have the type of backfield we have now, and this is via the, um, it's, a, it's a post on Roto World, but this is via the New York Advance Media. To have the type of backfield we have now, we're going to share the ball, and these guys understand that. It's something we've been doing for a while now. So he's and saying it, that a, we're going to have a committee. He's telling you that there's going to be a committee. I, I understand that. It just You would think the cream would rise to the top in this situation. I just don't, I don't think that you go out early in free agency and you get Jordan Howard unless you're going to give him a significant, a significant bit of run. And I think that these other guys, I mean, these, these other guys are still on the roster. You know, I mean, Josh Adams sucks. Corey Clement hasn't lived up to expectations, but he was a Super Bowl hero at one point in time. Wendell Smallwood has been, you know, it's been, the, it's been a consistent Wendell Swindell with that guy. Yeah, I, I mean, I understand what you're saying. And, and now he's missing you know, time, and, and, and now he's missing time to get his, his pass protection installed with Carson Wentz and all that. Like, those mental reps out there don't mean shit for so these are you, pass, so, so you're avoiding Miles Sanders altogether? No. I'm not avoiding anybody altogether, but I'm certainly not taking him at the 5-6 turn. Well, then can you even get him? No. Okay, so you're avoiding him. No, but no, 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 I'm not. I'm, I'm not avoiding him. I'm just not well, taking you, him you where he's available. Put him in a position to where like you won't be able to take him. I haven't put him anywhere. The fantasy drafters have put him there. The donkeys that are taking him with the, at his, his current ADP. I haven't done a thing to Miles Sanders. I treat these people like they're people, trash man, unlike you who anthropomorphizes. <laughs> He's no ninja turtle. That's for sure. Let me, let, me, let me look around just where Miles Sanders is going right now. And we will see guys that you would rather take. Uh, so, and so I said in best ball he was going around the five six turn. It looks like in redraft league he's going more around like six point zero nine. Would you rather have him or? Uh, I mean, would you rather have Lamar Miller? Uh, who because else? Lamar Miller is going about four picks later. <laughs> Tevin Coleman's going earlier. To be honest, I'm not sure I would. That's just a gross spot. Here's the thing. If I'm picking in, 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 in this area, I'm taking a wide receiver like Sammy Watkins or DJ Moore or Alshon or Robbie Anderson or Will Fuller or something like that. This is not a place where you, where you want to be stuck taking a running back. It's why it's important no, to take. Looks like a, it seems like a no man's land right there. For the, at the running back position, I think it is. At the running back position, I think it is. I think that what you, you know, I think that where you look here in this spot as you get to the sixth, seventh round turn is maybe if Evan Ingram is available, you know, something like that. You could maybe look at him or look at one of these wide receivers, or maybe reach a little bit, even on like an Allen Robinson, 
a Corey Davis, maybe even a Hunter Henry, even though I feel like Hunter Henry, you can get him a little bit later. Um, but I just, at that point in the draft, man, I'm, I'm not going to be taking any of these running backs because Lamar Miller, I feel like is, we don't ever see Miles Sanders falling to round nine, the way that we're seeing Lamar Miller fall to round nine, because everybody hates Lamar Miller and everybody loves Miles Sanders. Yes. Shiny new toy. I mean, like, just I had Lamar Miller last season in and it's one of like my you, I understand, is, Trash. I mean, you you want the de- you would rather have the devil you don't know than the devil you already do, right? That's fucked yeah. you over. I get it, but I mean, Lamar Miller probably. St- I mean, it's good. Deshaun Watson's the, the 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 tide that lifts all boats, and we worry about Deontay Foreman, but that should be a pretty good offense. They have, an, I think, they have a win total over under of like nine and a half, ten games. They're going to be in scoring position pretty often. We, I mean, it's it's hard to like I, Lamar Miller, but it's also hard to beat a guy that could be a, a that could be a, a you know a middling RB two, possibly. He, he has a, he has upside like, to be a middling RB two to get him in the ninth round. Back. If he's my third running back, I'll take him there, and I'll take him. I'll take him over Sanders. Yeah, I think you maybe want him more as your running back four, and that's about where I would want Sanders too. And I, I can't be taking a running back three, a low end running back three slash running back four. There's the way I see them coming into the season at there at that, uh, there at the there at the either at the five six turn in best ball or at you know the, the mid to mid sort of late sixth and early PPR redraft leagues all right anything else you want to get to trash man before i run a couple of simulations here using version 1.5 of the ppr cheat sheet the mystical the magical the mythical cheat sheet available at rosterwatch.com the sheet of paper where if you follow the three simple rules an expert quality draft is guaranteed and i'm about to prove it let's go to let's do that all right so you tell me which position you want me to pick out of and as i keep tweaking this and another another note to our pro members I'm working right now on the wide receiver cornerback projected matchups over the course of the season. So we can put out sort of a strength of schedule based on the matchups that we project that they'll be seeing um, due to their alignment or due to, you know, how these cornerbacks and these defensive schemes typically handle opposing wide receivers. And it's not going to be perfect because it's not like they're going to see this corner for every single route they run, but if not for the majority of the routes they run, at least for the, um, Trash man, what's the word? If it's not a majority, but it's still like the greatest like bucket out of like maybe three or four different buckets. Like let's say like 35% is not a majority, but you see this guy 35% of the time, you see another guy 30% of the time, and then you see another dude, you know, 25 and see one dude five. What is the 35%? It's because it's not the majority. Is that the plurality? I'm not sure. What is, what is plurality? I think that's what that means. I think it's the plurality. Um, plurality meaning. Uh, the number of votes cast for candidate more than any other, but does not receive an absolute majority. I got it perfect. All right, so yeah. So the plurality of targets um, that we're projecting on a uh, game-by-game basis based on uh, our different scouting grades for the different cornerbacks and other various... Uh, high-level analytics that we purchase from different um, different resources online and abroad. 
So be looking for that in the next couple of days. And once I get that strength of schedule in the individual wide receiver versus cornerback projected strength of schedule rankings, that could change a little bit with some of these uh, wide receivers that we get late in these drafts. With that being said, Trash Man, which position do you want to pick from in this 12-team league? 12. 12, okay. And do you want it to, do you want the roster to be one quarterback, two running backs? Do you want there to be three wide receivers or two wide receivers? Three, always. Okay. One tight end, one flex, and seven bench spots? Yeah. Okay. So we're drafting against the experts at Fantasy Pros uh, and the composite ADP of these sites for now until we get Yahoo, ESPN, CBS, et cetera. So we, but right now we have good samples from Fantrax. RT Sports, My Fantasy League, and also the, um, the ADPs from the mock drafts over at Fantasy Football Calculator. PPR version 1.5, picking in the 12 hole. Let's get started. All right, so I'm seeing more and more, too, Ezekiel Elliott start to fall. Just out of – just how do, you, how, how do you feel about that? Zeke Let Elliott him fall. Falling. I'll take him. You're not worried at all that the league might try to make an example of him for his most recent uh, – Electronic dance music uh, festival escapades. I mean, it doesn't seem like they will. All right, here at the one-two turn, we get where the magical cheat sheet says take Le'Veon Bell at one twelve and Michael Thomas at two point zero one. So, like the way that that gets started. Hopefully, there'll be some uh, nice players here at the three-four turn. Yep, I like it a lot. Marlon Mack and AJ Green. Wow, what a start. Le'Veon Bell, Marlon Mack, Michael Thomas, A.J. Green. I think that this is going to be a nice team. We know that the Chi Chi's going to give us a good balanced roster here as well. Alshon Jeffrey falls to the 512. And then look at this trash. I mean, we talked about him a little bit earlier, but we talked about it at the 5 6 turn. Who would you be more interested in than maybe one of these running backs like a Miles Sanders, et cetera, et cetera? We talked about maybe tight end falls here, and sure enough, Evan Ingram has fallen to 6.1. So we're going to take him here too. We already basically have our starting roster filled out, and it's looking like a good one thus far. That might be now, one of the best ones I've seen thus far. Yeah. It's a seven, the 7-8 seven, turn here. Um, it's pick 7-12. David Montgomery is still available. And then at 8.01, Darius Geis is still available. So now we have some... Nice running backs here, upside running backs that we can have there behind Le'Veon Bell and Marlon Mack. And you're not you're not going to hold out for Samaj P. Ryan. <laughs> Look, uh, another upside running back has fallen in Rashad Penny. I guess we went a little bit wide receiver heavy early, so the cheat sheet's having us uh, shift back to runners here that with upside. And I love Rashad Penny at nine twelve, and then at ten point zero one, the magical sheet sheet has us taking Devin Funches, who I'm still much higher on, I guess, than than you are, Trash Man. Yeah, until he shows me some. <laughs> how did? How can you like Dante Moncrief and stuff so much, and then not have any interest at all in in Devin Funches, who could come in and just steal that same sort of touchdown scoring role that Dante Moncrief had in in Indy whenever you loved him so much? Well, I just think. They're better receivers in Indianapolis. And I don't think Funches did. I mean, I, I don't think he used his position to the best of his ability when, in Carolina. 
Jared Goff is the pick here at 11.12. And then at the other turn, one Mr. Marquez Valdez Ascantling, who yeah, is getting be, rave reviews. Like, rave reviews. Scantling. What? Scantling isn't isn't uh, accented, though. You know, it's just Scantling. Scantling. Marquez Valdez Scantling. Yeah. There we go. Then with the final two picks here at 13.12 and 14.01, two more running backs. Uh, it has us taking Jalen Samuels, who has great upside, and then one Mr. K. Uh, I could take Kalen Balaj or I could take a backup quarterback in Jimmy Garoppolo. I think I just want to take Kalen Balaj. So here is that team, and I did it just following the exact – Three simple rules at the very top of the cheat sheet where if you follow them, an expert quality draft is guaranteed. One just like this. This is a 12-team league. The quarterback is Jared Goff. The running backs are Le'Veon Bell, Marlon Mack, David Montgomery, Darius Geis, Rashad Penny, Jalen Samuels, and Kalen Balage. The wide receivers are Michael Thomas, A.J. Green, Alshon Jeffrey, Marquez, Valdez, Scantling, and Devin Funches. And the tight end is Evan Ingram. That is the kind of draft that you want to be having whenever your name is called to pick, whenever redraft season starts in earnest, because that's the type of team that I'm going to want to go to battle with every time. Trash man, do you, do you agree? I agree. That's one of the better drafts that I've seen. One of the better drafts you've seen really ever? Yeah. In all of your days playing fantasy? Pretty much. 